0: Welcome to Eagle Eye. He oh, throws yeah. the dummy, he scores the throw. Interviewing your favorite Richardson. USA Eagles around the globe. one-on-one to score! Now, here's your host, Bill Baker. Hello everybody and welcome to the Eagle Eye Rugby Podcast. I am your host, Bill Baker, as the big voice just said. Thank you so much for tuning in. Another fun episode coming up before... First, if you don't mind, go ahead and follow us, subscribe to this podcast, like this podcast, share this podcast with friends, and please, if you don't mind, leave a review as well. A five-star review would be perfect, but any review uh, really helps get these podcasts out in front of the U.S. rugby audience a little more. Um, Other than this podcast, this Eagle Eye Rugby podcast, which has just been rebooted, our last episode had Nick Sabetta, who's just retired from the game. I uh, had a great time talking to him, so check out that podcast. Also, check out our Twitter Spaces live show. It's very unique. It's U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live, uh, Wednesday nights, almost every Wednesday night. And we have two guests, sometimes more, and it's a live audience. It's a live show where listeners like yourself can tune in uh, and join the conversation. You can ask questions live, as in kind of like a, a call-in radio show that kind of deal. Um, But we have listeners from all around the world, which is always a blast to get questions in from Australia and America, Canada, wherever else. Uh, So be sure to tune into that live show or it's also its own podcast after the shows. Uh, Again, that's U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. uh, Either live in Twitter spaces or on your favorite podcast player. All right. Back to this show, though. Eagle-Eyed Rugby Podcasts. Today we have i wouldn't say the original captain america because we've had others playing scully and i don't know dan lyle might have been called captain america also at one point uh todd clever you uh, he, he such an exciting player to watch when he played the man just loved the game traveled the world played professionally everywhere first uh, american to score a super rugby uh try um, you know so many accolades for this guy such a great career so uh, our guest today is Todd, he, he, we talk about that, we talk about Scott Lawrence, we talk about the academy programs, the major league rugby, their impact on uh, USA Rugby, uh, you know, stuff like that, and also what is Todd up to right now? You know, he talks about that probably near the end of our interview, but um, he, he really gets into what he's up to now, he talks about his wife's acting career, uh, he, he hasn't really caught that acting bug yet, but we talk about that as well, so, uh, hope you enjoy this interview, uh, let's go. How you doing?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Things uh things are good. Life's good. Things are busy, which is uh which is also good. Keeps me out of trouble. So uh no complaints.
0: Yeah, I mean the last time we spoke was on Twitter Space's show about a year ago, I think. I want to say it was about the announcement of the the 31 uh World Cup. Uh so a lot's happened in a year possibly?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean uh welcome to a, a new boy, a son to the yeah. family. So Congratulations. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, so that's been uh, been really good and exciting and tiring and rewarding and, and all that. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's good. And then uh, and then obviously MLRs kicked off, so that's exciting to see um, uh, teams, you know, and, and players excel. And and uh, yeah. so it's uh, things that things are going good.
0: And happy anniversary! I think what yesterday, two years.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, two years. Two years. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, we we're going through. My wife's uh, amazing. She she captures yeah. everything. So uh, she came out with this cute little video, and it was it was funny. So I was like, oh, I'll tag along that. So all of her hard work, and I'm getting all the all the benefits. And
0: there you, you go. That's everything. all right. <laughs>
1: That's pretty much my life, you know, just uh, on, on the on the uh, you know following her footsteps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. So with that in mind, with all those years in rugby. Uh, getting kinda of called like uh, uh you know Todd Clever Captain America Todd Clever, whatever. How does it feel now to be called husband of actor Maya Stoyan? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, just uh just a, a few nights ago last week we were uh she was in a movie that shot last year, Mickey Rourke and a few other, you know, big names. And um uh, yeah, so they had the red carpet, and you know, at the Chinese theater, so it was it was pretty much you know red carpet. Let her do her, do her thing. Yeah. come join me. I was like, no, no, no it's okay. But uh, <laughs> I you know snuck in there for a couple photos, and but uh, definitely made, didn't uh, you know make them look any better. So it's it's great. You know, I'm proud of her. Yeah. She's she's amazing with uh with her job and her commitment, and uh, so it's it's just fun to uh, play that supporting role uh, as well
0: uh speaking of roles have you caught the catching have you caught you caught the catching bug have you caught the acting bug at all or has she said hey listen todd i've got a good role for you it might be an extra behind the bar or something but what do you think
1: <laughs> no i'll leave that to her I'll leave. <laughs> no. Um, no i've done a few couple of very very small things no absolutely no. not no, that, that's her, <laughs> that's her passion that's her passion. And, and, to be honest, I mean it's it's amazing what they do, transform themselves, you know, physically but mentally, of uh, putting putting themselves in that, and you know, something that you know I never really thought of before, of you know, different characters and you know, character building and the research that they do and everything else. It's not just memorizing lines and saying it in a camera. It's a it's a whole uh, art form. So um, no, I, I think that's out of my wheelhouse. <laughs>
0: Well, all right, full disclosure, when I told my wife I was interviewing you today and I mentioned Maya's name, she said, wait, 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 hold on. You're interviewing um, the woman who married Jesse in uh, Grey's Anatomy or whatever? Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, No offense, man. She didn't care about you. <laughs> no, no. Not no, no, good. <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk about you two for a second. Um, you, know, you and Maya both are heavily involved in charities, you know, your events. So I want to touch on the Todd Clever Foundation. Um, for those people who are not familiar with it, uh, tell us about it, and also what are the goals of the foundation?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's something that I thought of and wanting to do throughout my career, just because mm-hmm. you know traveling the world, you you see different you know status cities and you know people and and you see the sport that bringing everybody together um and i always wanted to play you know a role into you know where's my give back you know i want to have more of a purpose and you know we did a few coaching clinics and a few things but ultimately you're you're kind of just in a tunnel and you're 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 in a hotel room you're in a training ground then you're in the stadium. But, uh, but you know, I, I always wanted to, you know, give back. If that's, you know, setting up, you know, yeah. jersey grants or balls or anything else. So I started it when I was still playing, uh, not officially as a, you know, 501c3, but it was, my heart was there. And then basically when COVID hit, I said, well, yeah. I'm not just going to sit on my butt. You know, this, is, this yeah. is a great opportunity to start. So it took about seven eight months to do all the paperwork to get accepted to make sure of it so it was a it was a long long thing uh you know road to to get it but now that you know the the support that i've gotten from all former coaches from players the rugby community um wanting to help out but also needing help so it, it's great to play that role and bridge that gap and you know if it's uh for funding purposes or you know to get a new kit, or you know to do a ball drive to make sure that uh, you know boys and girls have uh, have a new rugby ball set so it's been um, it's been really cool uh, rewarding and, and we're gonna be laying out some scholarships uh, nice. you know in, in, in the in the coming months for high performance because most of the stuff we've done is is grassroots yeah. of you know just giving back and you know supporting clinics supporting teams and, and, and players but now it's sort of we, we understand how can we, you know, turn these, uh, you know, boys and girls into the next eagles who are going to be competing in the 2031, 2033 rugby world cups? So we're looking into, you know, partnering up with some uh, rugby academies to, uh, to to make sure that they are not out of pocket. So the the, the financial side is is not strickening or, or hamstringing them in any way, and giving those everybody an opportunity.
0: So that's so the scholarships are what you're saying. It's it's to help them fund. Maybe getting to the camps, getting to these high, uh, high performance camps
1: exactly showing them what a high performance is and seeing if it's for them because you know nice. rugby rugby is definitely the best game in the world i mean there's a, there's a position for every body type but there's also you know men, mentalities as well so i mean if uh, if you just want to play casually there's club rugby you know you practice yeah. Tuesdays and Thursdays there's if you don't like tackling there's touch rugby uh, you know it's in the olympics and the world cup so the spectrum is huge and to to sort of you know plug in ultimately of making sure Sure, that's a safe place to play for these boys and girls. Making sure that there's fields uh, that are booked, uh, making sure they have goalposts, all those sort of things that we do through the Todd Clever Foundation is, you know, booking field times um, through the Parks and Rec of, of different counties and cities um, to donating uh, rugby goalposts. Uh, hopefully, we'll be doing a lot more of those because that's that's one key thing that we're focusing on is is trying to get as many rugby goalposts out there. Uh, -hmm. right now we've done a lot of those, uh, pop-up ones, but we want to work with the cities and make a combination of every soccer field. We want to make sure that there's, there's rugby posts as well. So make a a multi-sport, uh, you know, field rather than just, you know, single sport. So we, we have gotten some good headway, but anytime you're working with, uh, anytime you're working with, you know, governments and, you know, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. that it takes, it takes some time, but we've, we've had some, some wins, uh, so hopefully we'll continue it.
0: All right, let's talk Major League Rugby. Um, unfortunately, no Austin team, no L.A. team. So uh, what team are you behind now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know, it, it's uh, – I don't know if I can say a team right off the bat, but it, it changes. It changes week yeah. to week. Um, I'm, I have to give, you know, applause to some of the teams that, you know, really showcase uh, Americans – And, you know, working with Scott Lawrence, uh, the the U.S. uh, Eagles coach at the moment, and, um, you know, Trying to trying to build our national team, like our pathway, you know. So so it, it was great to see, you know, Utah uh, Warriors have uh, you know over over sixty percent, you know, Americans in their squad, you know, yeah. and, and that's that's brilliant. So I mean, those sort of things you kind of get excited for and have those uh, have those um, victories. So you 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 want to you want as many Americans performing well getting game time so they can ultimately, uh, you know, uh, you know, represent the country and 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 cause and, and, and create a competition within the squad, which, which will definitely strengthen it.
0: And you mentioned uh, Utah there a moment, but other than Utah or a couple of, like Dallas as well as far as the American qualified players go, looking at other teams and maybe them as well, organizationally, fan engagement, social media involvement, you know, which teams do you think right now are getting it right?
1: Yeah, um, it, it's great to see again. Pointing back to Utah, you kind of yeah. see their off-field sort of uh, you know business approach and and, and combining that and, and creations of overseas you know uh, sister clubs that they, that they've done in France, uh, which which is amazing. And I know uh, Terry has a has a big role and Kimball has a big role of doing that at, with Utah. Um, and being so close to San Diego, I see them uh, you know ha- having these crew. Um, community partners and reaching out uh with with the brands and and being that way so that's that's really cool to see and witness and and kind of uh you know be be part of from afar so those are those are sort of things i mean um, you know new york they did a little bit of a, a change with a name and and trying to you know really you know dig deep in the history of uh of the iron workers which is yeah. which is cool to um so yeah i mean you know dallas and you know some of the other teams and
0: it's, it's been a tough
1: road for them, uh, you know, but I mean, I know that they just got their first win. Uh, but looking at the roster, you know, the starting 30 people that were playing, three of them were American. So mm. if I could be honest, I didn't really watch the yeah. game. I was more interested <laughs> in watching, uh, you know, Americans and cheer them on uh, from that. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's kind of it. But you, you definitely see, you know, powerhouse of, of seattle you know contending their winning ways and being the only undefeated team thus far uh and getting grinded you know grinded ways out there so it's it's, yeah. it's really cool across the board you see it you know i can you go know, pick and choose each each city and each team uh some of the great things that they're doing good things and, and a couple of things that they probably can work on but i mean the biggest thing i think the scope is is community and making sure that, you know butts are getting in those seats and giving them opportunities to to perform. And I understand whenever you're working in big stadiums and big cities, those get more challenging. But uh, but no, you you definitely see uh, the attendance uh, getting bumped up a little bit um, and community partners and you know more uh, Jersey sponsors and more you know you know uh, advertising to, to go back into the sport.
0: Yeah, I got to give it to um, Alex. I'm, I'm in the Boston area, so I got to give it to Alex Magalby to get dude wipes right on the butt as far as sponsorship yeah. goes. I mean, it's no better location.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty they, they, do, they, do, they do a great job. Um, and they have a great ownership, uh, you know, team, and, and they've, you know, with bringing in like Nate Ebner and and a couple of the the older guys that are that are around there that have done some amazing things, um, you know, of building it, of, of transitioning, you know, uh, sports fans, introducing them to rugby and turning them into rugby fans, which is which is which is key.
0: Yeah, uh, generally speaking, with Major League Rugby, um, you know, you hear some people talking about maybe uh, Americanizing the game uh, of rugby here in the states. Uh, make it more entertaining, uh, you know, more for families, get involved, you know, build on individual players, characters like other sports do, uh, you know, names in the backs, that type of stuff. You know, how do you feel about that term or that idea of Americanizing the sport?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, rugby has has traditions and and you definitely want some of them to stay. And um, but like anything, you know, you want to evolve, so, you know, it, it, and sometimes it's a fine line. So, you know, I would hate for, you know, to Americanize it where you don't have drinks and food with the other team mm-hmm. afterwards. So those, that's one of the pillars of rugby, and what what makes it so special as a sport is, you know, junior high school, high school, college, you know, men, women, and then professional rugby, international rugby. You get together with the other team. So that's the tradition that I don't want it to be American, where you know you come, suits, and you leave, and you you know don't have any of that. Um, but uh you know naming you know field territories or lines or you know the metric system or uh names or or numbers on the back of the jersey i mean i am not a traditionalist of of okay it's got to be one through 15 you know or right pick yeah. it or don't want to put your names because it's a team 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 game not uh, not that um you know i'm i'm I'm, I'm kind of want to just, you know, what, what do fans want to see? What do sponsors want to do? Do you want to create a story? How do you want to market it? I mean, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities because, you know, you you play it safe because that's what the generation before it did. Uh, but I think if you think outside the box, you have a real opportunity to, you know, have these little boys and little girls look up and be like oh I want to be number 77 I want to be number 99 uh you know John Smith or Susie Susie Powell or you know you just kind of you know that so you kind of create those heroes and create those and and uh, like anything, I mean, it's great to have number ones as a team when you're when you're traveling, when you're after the things. But yeah. you know, it's it's also great where you can pick your own belt and pick your own shoes, you know, sort of thing. So yeah. you you want to individualize yourself in, in in a in a way where you where you fit in uh, and and make sure that you're not creating characters and egos that are that are not rugby type.
0: Yeah, I, I completely get. It. It's, it's a good balance between. Uh, the, uh, the traditions and maybe some Americanized uh, Americanization to the sport. So yeah, you're right. Can't cross that line at some point. We just keep it, keep it good. <laughs> uh, so Todd, you were, uh, you mentioned Scott Lawrence a minute ago. So let's talk USA rugby uh, future. Um, I, another day. I'd love to sit back and talk about um, your travels throughout the years. Cause it's any, anyone's dream to be able to <laughs> log those rugby miles, but let's talk about the future right now. Uh, you played underneath Eddie Jones. Obviously we heard rumors last year about him possibly coming to the Eagles Uh, but now Scott Lawrence is the interim coach, as you mentioned as well. Uh, Talk about Scott Lawrence, you know, a kind of history you have with him. And also what does he bring into the program right now? He's only been in the helm for just a couple months now, a few months now. So talk about what's going on now with the program with him. Yeah. I mean, I can speak from, from my
1: side of things. I I don't, you know, uh, I know everybody has different takes on, you know, where rugby's at, where it's going, what he's done, but what mm-hmm. I've seen, um, and I've been around, you know, USA Rugby for a couple of decades now, um, and and he's committed, you know, Scott Lawrence is committed to the cause, and he's not treating it like an intern job. He's treating it mm-hmm. on, and grooming these players that are under 20, that are, you know, 20 years old, to getting them ready. Um, if you brought in a intern coach, most likely they're going to be like, okay, I need instant success so I can keep my mm-hmm. job. He's actually doing the data. He's doing the stats. He's doing everything else and the groundwork to, you know, hope, if he doesn't keep the job, I'm sure he'll pass on the, he's very open and, and publishes it, which is, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I think, uh, you know, we, we started all like we played together on the Eagles for, for a short time. He got into coaching, um, you know, and then director stuff and, I mean, did some spot coaching with Eagles, uh, did some MLR stuff that we've worked, uh, you know, across from each other. Um, but we have a we have a relationship. And, and uh, you know, I value his vision of it, uh, ultimately, because I, I know he's putting his best foot forward. And I know he's not taking shortcuts. And I know he's putting the hours in. And you got to respect that. And, uh, you know, and, and, and we have we have dialogue where, you know, I, I, I talk about, you know, openness and, and what it is to be an eagle from my side and what I would like to see uh, from team culture to the future and everything else. And he's very open and very receptive and, and understands it and understands I've been in the shoes of, you know, being the youngest player to the oldest player to captaining to getting dropped in pack up to dealing with, you know, six national coaches, you know. So I, I've, mm-hmm. I've been through it. Uh, a few CEOs, few presidents uh, sat on the board so I understand the ins and outs of rugby. I understand ins and outs of world rugby, uh, if it's World Cups or mm-hmm. if it's Olympics or you know sevens. So uh, I, I think I do have a great understanding, and, and I think he respects that. And that's probably you know uh, you know why we still you know talk a lot, and we also have that common goal of the national team succeeding, and you know you know making sure that we have the best opportunity for success, and and raising raising the bar from where we're at.
0: And let's, let's talk about the Pathways right now. Um, Brandon Keene taking over, managing the USA Rugby uh, Pathways program for the men. Uh, it seems to be getting a boost of late, all those programs. Like rookie Rugby has been rebooted. USA Hawks, you know, made up mostly of young MLR talent. Um, and also, um, what, uh, so you're working with the youth as well. You, you're doing something with the World of Opportunity program. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I, I, I've worked with HSBC. Oh, and- yeah. World of Opportunity is, is is a program that they've they've rolled out uh, at each of their seven stops that work with the community and talk nice. and, and focus more on, you know, outside of the lines, you know. So with athletes and making sure that they have opportunities, you know, to if it's, you know, social media manager, a coach, uh, you know, uh, events operator, you know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of name it. Putting on these events and World Series, uh, you know, of the Sevens or World Cups or you know any teams what they what they actually have. So that was kind of what they did.
0: So with that program, um, with the help through that program through World Rugby as well, HSBC. But then those other programs I mentioned, like Rookie Rugby, the Hawks. Are we starting to get it right? Are we finally kind of getting that right track?
1: Well, I mean, right track for what though? I mean, well, that's, just that's, get the young,
0: get you know, get the youth involved, like getting the academy programs, really going. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean,
1: that's that's you know, you kind of look at, are, are we getting it right? It's like, well, what are we trying to do? So th- you always have to ask. You know, a lot of people are saying, is is this the right way of uh, uh, to approach it? And it's like, well, I, what are you trying to do? And and that's yeah. wh- that's where a lot of people ask me. It's like, you know. Uh, we need to have a successful 2031 and 2033 World Cup, and it's like, yeah, that's great. What is success? You know, you yeah. ask them like, well, success, it's like, what is it? Is like, is it, is it, you know, getting broadcasting deals and filling stadiums? Like, is that success, or is it having our national teams compete, uh, you know, each of those games, and you know, getting out of pool stages? You know, that's success as well. So, so all these sort of things of, you know, you kind of you want you want to find out what what is our main objective goal and to get there and for us it's sort of like having a competitive men's and women's you know national teams if it's 7s or 15s you know we definitely have to you know make the player pool a lot bigger Giving opportunities, we also need to grow the fan base. So right now, you're introducing rugby, seeing who the standouts are, making these um, all-star teams and of young players of M.L.R. As you mentioned with the Hawks, I think that's a great plan. You know, moving forward because a lot of those guys aren't getting game time. I mean, mm-hmm. you you look at uh, you know you know you, you, have the, you have a lot of these teams that are you know under twenty percent, twenty percent Americans you know that are that are playing and it's you know it's tough to you know cheer on because you know what what is the working relationship and I don't know cuz I'm not at the table I'm not a, a national team employee right. or a coach uh, and I'm not affiliated you know with the directors rugby or managers of rugby or ownership of of an MLR team if they all cons- if they if they all have that common goal which I don't yeah. think they do at the moment um, that's that's where you can kind of you know pinpoint and make sure you can get those, uh, you know, victories and success moving forward.
0: So um, pretty obvious you probably watched the matches last year, the USA matches. Um, uh, and you're watching the MLR matches this year. They have a lot more than American players. So with that said, uh, who are the younger players that have been impressing you the most? Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I mean, I won't individualize them. I'll, I'll talk oh. about <laughs> – <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> You hate it but um no i mean it, it, there are some guys that you know and, and i look at work well, great and i look at you know off the ball and i'm seeing things and you know asking questions that are you know sometimes off the field and what kind of people and characters there are because that's that's who you want to build for um but there's some there's yeah. some good talent that are out there and and we just like i mentioned before and harp is like you just need game time you need reps you need you know time together so you know mlr is, is a huge it was a huge missing piece to the puzzle for our national team to have success now that we had it now it's kind of like you know split you know we, we had a unfortunate year of not qualifying for a World Cup um, and we've had professional full-time you know rugby in the states and you kind of scratch your head and be like how is this possible um, well how, how much did our you know national national coach you know devote his time to to the the the, the, the domestic rugby players and, and and how, how much, you know, buy-in are we having? So I think once you kind of all have that uh, common goal, uh, um, rugby will definitely take take off a lot more. Uh, but, I mean, like you mentioned before, you sort of Rookie Rugby or Play Rugby USA or mm-hmm. other organizations that are popping up. That participation number is so important because you are building fans. You are, you're going to get a couple of diamonds in the rough that are going to be able to excel. And ultimately, you're you're making better women and better men in society, in schools, in families. So, uh, you know, I think uh, I think there's a there's a piece, and there's so such important things for it. And that's you know that that's just not even touching on the high performance side of making you know heroes and 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 Olympic gold medals, yeah. hopefully, and World Cup uh, players.
0: All right, so I'm gonna mention a name. Uh- <laughs> Um, uh, we had, uh, Jameson, F- Nana Schultz on our show a couple weeks ago on Twitter spaces. I asked him a question and, um, I asked him who he thought he played like, who he emulated. Cause when I see him, um, I'm, I think of Samu Manoa. He's not quite the size of Samu, but I felt like he played like him. But do you know who he said?
1: I think I got tagged in it. So. <laughs> 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 now see? So- he-
0: So apparently, Todd, he, he met you when he was like 12 or something after, um, after you played Samoa, um, and basically saying you were his favorite player. So, uh, do you see that in him?
1: He's a baller. Yeah. He's, he's a good player and the work rate and you know, that, yeah, mongrel sort of, you know, attitude towards that and go forward. So he's, he's aggressive. I, I like him. He's, he's, he's a player.
0: Yeah. Does, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel good or make you feel older? (laughs)
1: <laughs> thanks a couple of grays um, <laughs> mean? no no um no it, it's it, it's great to you know you know sort of get compared i remember you know myself uh you know being an athlete and 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 um make my game up of a couple athletes like oh, okay i want to play like him but i also want to play like him offensively him defensively him and merge in your own style so i, I think it's a brilliant way of, of going towards it and, and being one of those players that it's, it's very uh humbling and, and very nice to hear um but uh but yeah i mean he's, he's a great player and you know i i know he has a good uh, good future ahead.
0: All right, let's let's touch on your playing career briefly here. Um, one of my highs in watching the team play, uh, and you specifically, uh, I was at the uh, the Maori All Blacks match in Philly a um, long time ago. Um, you got a gash in your head, but you came back on the pitch with I think with all the medical tape available at PPL Park. Uh, <laughs> it w- it was quite impressive. Uh, but looking back uh, for yourself, you know I think about Barbarians um, partying in Hong Kong Sevens uh, apprehending thieves, but. You know, what are some of the highs um, you can you can think of right now uh, during your career and perhaps a couple of lows?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a long career and it was a fun yeah. one. You know? yeah. it, was, it was great because I was at a time when I came into the national team, I was 20 years old. My first assembly uh, or 19 years old when I, and I got capped when I was 20. So it it was it was tough because I didn't really see eye to eye with the coach or his you know standings on on life and you know a lot of the players uh, so sevens really saved me and kept me fresh, you know, cause I hmm. love traveling, you know, at, with a small group. So there's no clicks and there, you know, everybody was one and, you know, yeah. fall in the sun. So, you know, I, I had a great career balance, uh, balancing between 15s and sevens and sevens and 15s. And it was tough because, you know, your physicality or your speed sessions and your training, you know, regimen changed a whole lot. Um, but I mean, anytime you, you have the chance to represent your country. You know that was that was always a high. So uh, I always remember, you know, jersey presentations, receiving the jersey, and not wanting to give it back to the team manager at night because <laughs> I want you know sleep with it. Uh, but in every time I put that jersey on, you know, I felt I did feel like a superhero. I felt you know bulletproof. I, I felt like I can do anything and and had all the confidence in the world. So, and I played my best rugby with a U.S. jersey on. I had a great mm. you know professional career overseas, but I always loved representing usa you know playing for the eagles was was the the best uh the best thing i could could do and gave every opportunity and i don't i was never the best you know player but i was definitely committed uh to that cause and you know turning down contracts because you know they wouldn't release me during the during the time windows or um you know so, so that was always that was always uh you know, a, a top thing for me is is to you know, as long as I could play for America, if it's you know qualifying for World Cups or playing World Cups or playing seven series or whatever it was, whatever I was passionate about, you know, that was that's that's it. But I mean, playing, captaining the team at the World Cup in New Zealand was great. Uh, being part of uh, the the try of the World Cup against South Africa that yep. was electric electrifying. Um, but also just traveling with with your best buds with that common goal of you know, I know the guy next to me put everything out and, you know, gave us, uh, you know, best opportunity for for succeeding in this tournament. Uh, it, w- it was good. So, you know, playing cards on the back of the bus. It, it's, there's a, so many, so, so many things that uh, that, you know, I, I cherish and, and friendships and and uh, have so much respect for a lot of those, uh, you know, players. And it's a, it was great. It was a great career.
0: Nice. All right. A couple more questions for you. Um, I was reading, uh, that you had a, you had a list of rugby goals at one point and you were crossing off those that you achieved. Uh, how much of that list did you check off and was there much left? Um, well, I think that's,
1: I think that's why I retired because it, it, it got checked off, you know, nice. it, it's, and, uh, I was never a complete player and I don't think you're ever a complete player, uh, or you're, you know, you should retire, but yeah. You know, I knew it was my time because, you know, if, if I continued on for another two years and went to the World Cup in 2019 after qualifying for America's one, I, I knew I would be taking a spot from somebody else that could better up. I went mm-hmm. to a few World Cups before that. I, you know, played well. I, I just didn't think it, it, I didn't think it was right for the team. Mentally, I, I've, I've done it all. Physically, uh, you know, I I I was wrecked. You know, a lot of the times I was put together by a lot of tape, and <laughs> and uh, you know woke up sore. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was, it was it was it was it was time for me. You know, mentally and yeah. and 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 that and, and wanting to you know sort of leave that jersey in a better place. And if I think I you know would have stayed too long or you know overstayed my welcome or you know you don't want to be the guy that'd be like, oh, he stayed too long. You know, <laughs> he should have retired right. then. Uh, so, so going out uh, after qualifying for America's one, beating Canada, in my you know, hometown, having uh, my family and friends there was, uh, was, was a great way to sign off.
0: Was that the swan dive try? Did you score that, like a swan dive try in, the, in that game? Um, off, off of them all, maybe? it was that a different game I'm thinking of? Oh, that,
1: that was, that was, <laughs> no, that was a different game. That was against Canada okay. That was in Texas. Oh, okay. that, that was actually my first test back after being uh, reinstated after I got yep. dropped from uh, 2015 World Cup squad. So that was uh, that, that. felt really good to be back and get that win against Canada and play well and, you know, back not only on the team, but uh, contributing and, and yeah. leading the team uh, as captain.
0: That that, that try reminds me of uh, Ruben de Haas' try against Canada where I think he nearly flew out of the back of the try zone doing the same thing.
1: (laughs) I do (laughs) remember that.
0: (laughs) All right, last thing for you, Todd. Uh, What's next? I mean, where are we going to see you next?
1: Man, if you go to a rugby event, chances (laughs) are I'll I'll you know right when i retired um from playing and i said this even in the locker room uh, after my first game i said man i was your brother i was your teammate you know i've been your captain i've been everything else but from this on going forward i'm a fan like i'm your guys's yeah. fan yeah. so now that that's that's one thing i've i've loved to do and being around sport and and rugby especially you know to to not forget that you know and and uh it, it was has been good i've had a couple of roles in rugby where you know it was a job it was a grind mm-hmm. you know you know being a director of rugby and doing contracts and, and and i realized you know working you know 14 15 hour days you know dealing with these people's lives with contracts and doing trades and making sure accommodations are great and you know there's there's a lot of hats that you wear Um, it wasn't for me. I I wanted to get back into the passion and that was another reason why starting the foundation was, you know what, I can be involved as much as I want or as little as I want. And it's kind of like, well, what about coaching? And that's the easy transition. Yeah, it's an easy transition, but, you know, I know what it is dealing with national team players or or professional players. So I get joy of um, working with crossover athletes, you know, know, American football players or that, or little boys and little girls, you know, in elementary school, you know, tossing a rugby bowl and, 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 cause that's why we all started, you know, is to, yeah. to have fun, um, to see what's out there and, and, and to do some character building. So I get a lot of, uh, you know, reward of coaching, you know, grassroots, um, and then, uh, being part of, you know, partnerships and everything else is, is really enjoyable working with HSBC, as you mentioned before, uh, world rugby and a couple other, you know, major sponsors. That's where I really do enjoy, you know, you know, uh, rubbing shoulders, making sure that our community, um, our, our core values of the sport is is relate to these you know, customers or these you know, sponsors and making sure that they, they see where their value is and, and how much value that they get with rugby comparable to you know, other sports or if it's race car driving or if it's, you know, uh, you know, something else. It's yeah. and, 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 and that's really rewarding for myself.
0: Nice, Todd. Man, thank you so much for your time. I'm looking forward. Hopefully, we're running to each other at a game sometime soon.
1: Let's make it happen. I'll, I'll be out in Boston sometime. I'm sure. I'll, once it once it warms up, but it's a little a little cold yeah.
0: over there. Uh, the legal season will be over by then, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, anytime, man, anytime.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me.
0: Anytime, Todd.